Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mixed Reviews Podcast. I am Paige, and I have Sasha here, as I always do, because no one else has agreed to do this with me, as they rightfully should not do. Um, We talk about movies and sometimes other stuff, but today we are talking about a very special film that is kind of near and dear to our hearts. Sasha, what are we talking about? We are talking about Annihilation, uh, and we have brought this movie up a few times in a couple different episodes, and I think we're both pretty big fans of it. I'm I'm personally excited for this episode because uh, this movie really makes me question my tastes because I have a very firm opinion on this movie and it seems like it's a bit contradictory <laughs> to the the general public's opinion on this movie. So I'm should ready to st- get my privilege checked. All right. Should we start with your firm opinion? Let's start with our opinions. Maybe we'll do our fun ratings at the end. But should we start? Well, yeah. Well, our, should we what, first break into what the movie's about? I mean, that's a, that's a loaded bag. Every time I... Tr- yeah, I, I'm just going to give a vague overview. It's, it's a sci-fi movie. These four women, uh, all scientists, go into this, like, weird alien, like, first contact zone called the Shimmer where, like, everything's different and weird and, like, they can't figure out what's causing it, what's going on, and nobody's returned from this other than Natalie Portman's husband, Oscar Isaacs. Natalie Portman's in this movie, by the way. <laughs> uh, then Oscar Isaac is her husband. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is in it. Is it Lee or Lay? It's Lay, isn't it? Jennifer Jason Lay? It's either or. Okay. It doesn't matter. Who cares? That bitch. We have Michelle <laughs> Rodriguez. Discount Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty good movie. So, Paige, what's your what's your stance on this? Because I actually don't know if I know your definitive opinion on this movie. So, I when I first saw this movie, I was so infatuated with it that I watched it twice. Now, Did you see it in theaters? No. Okay. That would have been fucking wild. Yeah, I probably would have vomited in the theater. But when I the okay, <laughs> here's my deal with this movie. I think it's a fucking mess. I think this whole movie is a mess. But it's, if you compartmentalize it, the things that work in this movie work so well. Like, beyond well. Just through the stratosphere well. Yeah. But then you have the rest of the movie that is just, like, it's terrible. It just, it's, it's just, it's tonally a mess. Um, with how it is, because it, it wants to do this specific tone, and it mistakenly ca- carries it throughout the parts where that tone does not work. So overall, do I watch this movie a lot? Yes, because <laughs> the parts that work, work so well, and it's so interesting, but it's such a hassle getting through it that it makes me uncomfortable, and not for the reasons the movie is intending. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I think that's why, like, I'm, I'm excited to break it down, because I do not have that experience with it at all. Uh, especially going back this this next part, I did this next time recently watching it, because I have seen it a few times, obviously. Um, I was trying to look for stuff that, like, didn't really work, and I admit that there is definitely stuff, like, within it, but there is never a time that, like, I watch this movie and don't finish it and go, holy shit, that was a fucking movie. I think yeah. this is, like pretty outstanding like as far as my my like entertainment and my like fascination with it as i'm watching it i i just like get goosebumps every time i see it 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 i think it's the ending that ending is so strong and it's so like bare bones it's all show it's no tell it it has like 
just a slam dunk of an ending, but I feel like the first portion of this movie, minus the like spooky sci-fi part. So there's there's a thing you have to do in, if you're doing science fiction, where you have your science fiction plot, you have to have like event sequences. And those have to happen like three or four times throughout the movie to keep the audience engaged in this sci-fi telling. Otherwise, the audience either forget it, get it exists, or they get bored. So if you notice, Ridley Scott does this a lot in like Alien or like The Martian. There's always some sort of crazy sci-fi event that happens like four times throughout the movie. And if you follow that pattern, it honestly can make any science fiction plot good. Because exciting stuff is happening. And yeah. That's what this movie does. I think this movie does a really good job of the way it, it uses the excitement, too. Yes, that's that's the other thing, is not only does it follow that kind of, like, cardinal rule, it also then, like, the tone and the placing and the way those events are told are so specific and, like, something you've never seen in your life. But it's the moments in between the events that I want to die. <laughs> That I just I, I see I don't think that they're like that's I guess that's my contrast to it is I don't think that they're that distracting from the movie I definitely the more you watch it they become more drawn out because the more you watch it the more you realize those moments don't really play any kind of actual purpose in the overall like if you if you cut all of those scenes out you'd probably be left with a movie that's about an hour and 40 minutes and it would be like a thrill ride from beginning to fucking end <laughs> which i think would be incredible i think it would be great and but like i said honestly i don't really notice the slow parts i think they're they're short enough and they're spread out just enough because this movie follows a very weird like back and forth storytelling where it's like you start off with natalie portman is like in a room she's returned from this you know proximity uh first contact proximity that's called the shimmer which like it's it's called that because it's like all rainbowy. It looks like a shimmer, mm-hmm. and they're like interviewing her and asking her like where she's been, what she's like, what happened, because um, she's not only now the second person to ever come back from this, and the first person was her husband, and he came back and was basically dying, yeah. um, and that's what kind of prompted her to to go into it is to f- figure out what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of get these pieces of her telling the story, seeing their interaction through the shimmer and then you're also getting these splices which are flashbacks of natalie portman and like her her relationship with her husband which is definitely where the movie is just kind of like oh you just needed to add this human element in here for sure yes uh the the sort of like tone and the misplaced elements that we talk about remind me a lot of a movie called brothers which is coincidentally another natalie portman film i don't know if you've seen brothers uh because Brothers fascinates me because it, it 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 shouldn't work. But the only reason it works is because you have Tobey Maguire's performance. But the same problem happens in Brothers where we have like these human elements with Jake Gyllenhaal and Natalie Portman when really all we care about is Tobey Maguire losing his fucking mind. If you had cut out all the stuff with Jake Gyllenhaal and just had it be Tobey Maguire and have him show up at the end, I feel like that would work. Which the is very telling, because you know we would never say cut out yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal unless we truly, truly meant that it was a necessary creative decision. It is. It very much is, because their stuff doesn't matter, and the same problem happens with this, where I'm sure, and I, you know, the... The one great thing about this movie is this movie is very cerebral, Annihilation. It makes you think, because it's packed with, like, metaphors and, like, reasoning and abstract concepts put into literal ideas. Um, 
But the problem is you then are stuck with things in the movie that don't work with the metaphors you're creating, regardless of the mental gymnastics that you do. Um, and one of those is this stupid backstory with Natalie Portman cheating on her husband. Which is like, okay, like not to be whatever, but I feel like it's to me, it's I'm kind of noticing this is like a reoccurring like quote unquote metaphor in a lot of these like darker artsy movies. Because like that's also technically like really, really the plot of Enemy, which is also like a convoluted art movie as well. But like deep yeah. down the root is he's cheating on his girlfriend. And it's like, really, this is this is what we're going to use all of this to amplify. I guess maybe for me, that's where the disconnect is. And maybe like I think it's a creative like imbalance in the movie but i think that it for me it works in the movie's favor because i feel like i'm so fixated on all the sci-fi elements and i'm just so entertained by them like throughout that like i don't notice when it like it slows down because you're you're waiting for the next like gross crazy thing yeah and i'm kind and of just like coming to terms with the fact that something has to break this up yeah and th that's the nice thing about rewatches and like despite the sort of mixed bag feelings I'm getting on Alex Garland as his career progresses, I will say that, like, despite the rewatches that I do, how many times I watch this, not once are those, like, spooky sci-fi grossness, n they have never once not been impactful. Yeah. They're some of the most unique, well-filmed things I have ever seen. I don't and still we'll to ever this, I mean, I know that's it's still a relatively new movie, it's 2018, but, like... Yeah, that stuff is holding up well, and I, I feel like it's probably going to hold up for a bit longer, especially in the way that it's used. Is it only 2018? I could have yeah. sworn it was like 2012 for no, some reason. No, no. Damn. 2018. 2018 was a year of some bangers. It was. Um, But that, yeah, the, the whole thing with her cheating on her husband, I honestly wish that was just sliced. Yeah. Like, just cut that out, have it just be her and like her husband they have a relationship and she needs to like save him but that's fine maybe it's because like i don't give a shit about like marriage relationships in movies <laughs> personally i think that that like character relation should have been like rewritten to something a little bit more relatable yeah because i like that should like it could have been like her brother or her best friend or like her sister or something like that where i think it would have been more interesting i think it would have fit more with this like kind of idea of camaraderie because that's not really a thing, but it definitely could have been a thing if I feel like her relationships were a little bit more implemented into, like, the rest of it. I also, it's, I feel like the movie's almost, like, and the characters in the movie are almost, like, too logical for their own good. For, to yeah. the point where it's, like, it's not really believable that Natalie Portman has ever been in love with anybody. <laughs> like, her character is very much, like, breaking things down, very, like, pragmatic and, like, analytical. To the point, and, like, she, clearly she doesn't allow a lot of this stuff to, like, really get to her. I mean, she, she does, like, show signs of, you know, like, emotional, dis like, distrust and shit, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really feel like she's... Like, if you put a normal person in there, I feel like they'd be freaky. Like, the rest, the way the rest of the girls kind of react, uh, the Anya chick, the way that she kind of has her reaction to what's happening in the Shimmer, I feel like that's probably more accurate to what most people would do. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, this is why they send scientists and not normal people. But, like, on a personal level, we're following Natalie Portman's character. And I just yeah. don't see her being in, like, a loving relationship with that, you know, half-Southern accent that she drops after 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me 
to part of my problem with this movie and why I think it's a mess, I honestly think this movie is terribly miscast. I think Natalie Portman handles that role very poorly. And that's just the Natalie Portman problem. She has to be put in the right thing for her to work. And I don't think this is the right thing for her. I don't think it takes away from the movie, though. I disagree. Oh, yeah. See, I don't think it makes... Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think I look at the characters as being, like, too logical. Like, they're more, mm-hmm. they're more plot devices and perspective yeah. pieces than they are actual, relatable, connectable characters. Which is... Like like you said, where the disconnect happens with Natalie Portman's characters, they try to make her relatable, and yeah. then it just feels out of place with everything else. It would almost be better if she was just like a gun for hire. Like yeah. they picked her out because she's the last, and she's like, "I'm here. What am I doing?" Yeah. Well, also she's cheating on her husband, so it's like you already kind of hate her for yeah. that, and then you, I mean, like you root for her because she's the main character, but like she doesn't have she doesn't portray a a character particularly that you're like oh yes i like lena i would like to support lena and i agree with what she's doing because really the whole time it's kind of like a redemption of her trying to right this terrible wrong because she realizes that her husband went into the shimmer because he realized that she was cheating on him yeah and she assumed it was a suicide mission which i don't know i'd rather i'd rather it be something more impactful like lena self-destructing herself Rather than her, like, trying to figure out why her husband did it. Because that's a whole theme in the movie is, like, destruction and, like, ruining ruining your life because you're done with whatever's going on. Um, There's a lot of metaphors and themes. Self-destruction is one, and that's kind of, like, the theme we follow with Lena. But then, like, the rest of the characters essentially have, like, a disease with the exception of Anya, the discount Michelle Rodriguez. I don't think, I think only Jennifer Jason Lee has a disease. The the other chick had a daughter that died of cancer. Well, yeah, but she didn't have the disease. No, but she's, like, been around it. Yeah, yeah. You mean, like, they're in there for illness-related shit? Yeah. Because yeah. there's, like, an addict, someone who's got, like, depression and, like, has attempted suicide or whatever. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, woman with a dead daughter. And then Jennifer Jason Lee, you find out later, she has cancer, and that's why she goes in, because she's going to die anyway. Yeah. And then the shimmer, the shimmer kind of in itself is a metaphor for like how disease and corruption kind of like impacts people. It changes you. It rewrites everything that you are because it just, you become that. Yeah. And the results, you don't get out. your reaction to the result is also incredibly subjective to that kind yeah. of thing. Um, Cause like a big thing, obviously in a movie like this called Annihilation, they're, they're trying to say that, um, cause basically the shimmer is it's one of those like sci-fi things kind of like we we talked about it a bit in the color out of space episode where like this is kind of the reverse where it's like a location is already infected it's not something that's spreading out but yeah it's it's a similar situation where everything in the shimmer is getting refracted on like Mm -hmm. a dna level Mm -hmm. um so like i think time is warped um yeah and uh, like any possible quantifiable concept is in a blender getting shredded yeah yeah so like animals plants are all weird everything looks strange and like slowly as the girls are in there their dna is getting scrambled as well um which is super cool i would i guess i um in like a perfect world it would have been cool to take out a lot of the marriage scenes and put in more body horror (laughs) you already know where i'm going i definitely just want more gross i just want more gross man um, I also like that the scientific explanation is sciency enough, but not yeah. like they spend a whole time going through like the you know bio 
physics and whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, and, they and, give you just enough information, like, this is what's happening, and this is why. And it's like, okay, and, this sounds professional. Yeah. And the, the nice thing about this, uh, my love, and now your new love to Red Letter Media touched on this, is how when they do explain, or there is no explanation for why this is happening. The whole answer is just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know It's very philosophical. Yeah. Like, the reason this is happening is not important to the theme and story of the movie. So when the character is asked, like, what did it want? Her little response is like, I don't know. I don't think it wanted anything. It's just there. Yeah. Which is nice. And it's also just, like, I, it, it's a very, like, alien sci-fi touch, touch thing that I think that we've been talking about more in, like, more modern sci-fi movies that have aliens and stuff. Is like, alien entities aren't always necessarily harmful. But we as humans almost always perceive them as a threat because we don't understand what they are. Yeah. Um, and this definitely takes that and then, like, breaks it down on a few more levels. Uh, I feel like overall it's just kind of, like, a metaphor for, like, biology. Because, <laughs> like, every every single, like, like, a- like, facet of, like, being alive, I think, is kind of touched in some, like, metaphorical way in this movie. And then yeah. it all kind of comes together into this, like, crazy mesh of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I like it. I think the ending is like a really good, it's a really good payoff, I think. Like, yeah. it's weird enough, you get enough visuals. I feel like the way that the the CGI in this is really well used yeah, and like really well put into the movie. I think the way uh, the music is used is really cool. I don't know okay. how you feel about this. I know you were uh, you were talking about the tone. I kind of like the mismatched tone, to be honest. So, so I have a sticky note here because you asked me to like help explain why this movie probably got panned, and I wrote a sticky note of the three things. One is tone. One is miscast. I've already mentioned that. But the top one, I don't know if you can see that. It the says score. score. <laughs> the score for this movie is a mess. And I honestly think the only thing needs to go is the stupid acoustic guitar no. hiking song. I like it. Why? Because it's it's so unnatural to the scene. It doesn't fit at all. And it feels so much like, uh, it feels like you're like driving through like South Dakota. It doesn't feel like you're like in, so, it's like it sounds like it's from like Nomadland. And it also kind of reminds me a little bit of the guitar bit in the um, the soundtrack for The Fountain, which you know I love. And is also kind of sci-fi with like weird visuals. So for me, that's what it makes me think of. So I, I dig it. it. It's like super weird and out of place, but I, I really like it. It, it turns. So the thing that this movie tries to do is it, it's all shot and like directed as like a drama, which works. But dramas are usually like very minimal score. There's like nothing going on. It's just, it's just carried by the actors which we normally which we have in this but then we have the stupid guitar song which i'm like stop playing this just have silence in the rustling of leaves so i'm immersed in this gross rainbow world that is happening yeah no i think i think it adds to like the unsettling dream likeness of it of it where it's like everything kind of looks like a weird music video for a little bit and like it has this weird guitar music playing in the background all the time where it's like yeah i don't know it lulls me into like a weird sense of peace so i get i get out of it what you are probably looking for from silence and i just feel like every time they use the score they're using it to like elevate the scene in some way which i always love because i I think that makes the cut better i feel where you're coming from this movie just feels like 
it's nestled into all of your little crevices. Like you, you love oh, yeah. every little facet and problem with this movie because it's it's almost like a uh, a chip diamond to you. It's so nice, which I love that for you. I hate it for me because there's so many things that I want to just be like, no, take that out, take that out, and you'd have a borderline perfect sci-fi movie. Yeah, but then that's not like that's not the director's vision, though. You know what I mean? Like. There's like a specific style to it that, and that's why it's like kind of imperfectly perfect. Because if you had a perfect movie, it wouldn't really feel like a movie. It's because movies have like you know those bumps and those those nicks in them that make them kind of weird and off-putting at certain points. That like, that's how you know it's like this was a movie. Like people worked at it. There was something like you only know that they missed the mark because you notice that there even was a mark to begin with. It's the artistry and the imperfection. Yeah. And it, yeah. It. I don't know. I'm Nina Sayers. I want to be perfect. And this just isn't <laughs> She says and watches Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfect movie. All right. Okay. You tell me one time the score is bad. <laughs> one time. <laughs> hey, look, I'm open. I'm open to all scores. I dig it. I, I fucking really vibe with the insane synths at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. That part, that that part is awesome. incredible. Yeah. I remember when I first heard it, I was very taken back. I was like, dubstep? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Movie. I was like, this is insane. But the more I watch it, the more unsettling it is. Because it's a very unsettling track. Oh, yeah. Because it's all, like, just slightly off key. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And there's no resolve to the piece. Like, there's no moment where all the notes come together. It's just, it's very random yeah. bullshit. And they pull, like, some of the Enter the Void, like, Gaspar shit, where it's like, you have the pulsing bass and you have pulsing visuals at the same time, like, slowly yeah. morphing. That's why I always say, I know that we've, I've definitely said this in other episodes, I always say that this movie is, like, one of the best visual representations of what it's like to be on acid. <laughs> like, uh, Annihilation? Yeah, like, the third act of it, yeah. Oh, this is why I would never do it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, like, it's just, like, a crazy intense, like, you can't really, because it's one of those, it's like, it's just such fascinating, like, hallucinations and, like, weird disjointed patterns where it's, like, you can't look away. And it, like, is totally capturing, like, all of your senses. And I very rarely find movies that can do that. Yeah. In, like, such a way. And I think the the CGI on it looks pretty good, too. The alien, the alien's a little much. I think you look at the alien for too long. Yeah. Which is some what they, of the lighting doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, which they I'll, use that really sparingly with everything else. I'll take the alien over the CGI bear, which sucks because the CGI bear is what, like, someone told me about to pitch this movie to me, to yeah. get me to watch this movie. They only told me about the bear scene. And the bear scene is incredible. The sound design, the way it's shot, the build to the bear design is fantastic. The bear itself looks terrible. It looks like it's made of Play-Doh. It's, it's also, very bad. Well, honestly, it honestly doesn't look terrible until, like, the last half of it where it's, like, randomly just, like, perfectly lit. Like, they do yeah. a really good job in the reveal. So the bear scene, and for anybody who hasn't seen this oh, movie, yeah. first off, I would say because partly because of the bear scene and a few other, like, really well-put-together jump scares and creepy visuals, um, yeah. This is, like, one of the most terrifying movies I think I've ever seen. Like, on, like, an objective yeah. level, like, the amount of, like, things that freak you out and that you'll think about after this movie, there's too many of them. There's yeah. too much, like, weird, gross parts about this movie that will sit with you for a while. Um, yeah. And one of them is the this fucking, like, eye. Well, it does have an eye. It's, like, this one-eyed, like, distorted bear that's, like, half... Its head is, like, mostly a skull, but, like, mm -hmm. parts of it still have fur. It's it's a disgusting mess. It's like a zombie bear, but, like, mutated. 
But the thing that makes it so terrifying is instead of making like bear noises, which it does, it does like a mockingbird where whatever it's killed last is now the sound that comes out of its mouth. So what we hear in the film is it had just killed one of the members. And the last thing that that member said was help me screaming at the top of her lungs. So when the bear like ate it, uh, that's now the sound that comes out of its mouth. Yeah. With the growl, and it is the stuff of nightmares. It is horrifying, uh, and that's and I think that's why that's kind of where I get disappointed with the bear because I think that scene is like excellent on being scary because the scene starts off with one of the girls so that one girl gets eaten by the bear they they were like oh we got to look for her they find her she is dead um and then one of the other girls um the one who like introduces nina to the group or lena fuck now i'm gonna get them mixed up <laughs> lena to the group initially um she like starts kind of losing her mind because they find a video of Oscar Isaac cutting open one of oh, his yeah. and this is also a fucking creepy uh, I do like the use of the found footage here yeah. I honestly I honestly would have liked to see more of that more found footage of the fucking other guys yeah or something like that through. maybe that would have gotten old I don't know I'm trying to think of cool stuff that you could put in place of the the bullshit marriage storyline yeah um but yeah, they find this video and it's Oscar Isaac cutting open one of his teammates and like his organs are like mutating inside of his body. So they're like moving around like this yeah. giant like vortex worm. Um, so like everybody's super on edge after that. And the one chick was like, because they're all trying to figure out why people aren't coming back. So like either something in the shimmer killed them or they killed each other. So then she she ties everybody to chairs in the middle of the night. <laughs> And, like, just goes batshit because she finds out that uh, Lena's married to the guy in the video, which she managed to not bring up. Yeah, which also, why why was that not brought up? Also, like, would that, would that really change anything? It wouldn't. It's clearly everybody in that group is there for kind of fucked up reasons. Like, she even, the shepherd chick. Also, do you feel like a weird gay vibe between the chick who gets eaten by the bear and Lena at the beginning? I don't know. She uh, had weird gay vibes around her. Not with Lena, but like maybe with the dyke for sure. Yeah. I, well, I just felt gay vibes just in general. She just the seemed whole like thing she was is gay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I was just like, damn. Everything she's maybe it's because she had an accent. I was just like, damn. Everything you say <laughs> just sounds like you're trying to flirt. She's supposed to be friendly, which can come off as flirting. It's often mistook. Especially when you have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> Those can only be sexy. Um, let's, I want to take a minute to talk about the, the Oscar Isaac cutting the dude open scene. Okay. Cause that's, that's the scene that really was like, oh, this is not the movie that I was pitched. This is, Which this is, is an, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's the perfect amount of body horror. They did everything so right. So the, like we've talked about with the shimmer it refracts and changes everything so like people become animals people's people people's dna merges with other people's dna things become plants sand becomes trees it's very insane nutso stuff but they kept the choice when they cut the dude open to still keep it um like human biological yeah they totally could have made that a snake inside him yeah it could have had scales it could have been like a tree but they still kept it fleshy and gross. So your, and your wet. mind and wet, so wet, your <laughs> mind is trying to figure out if that's his intestines moving inside him or if he now has a different 
whole creature inside yeah, living of him in moving. Because, um, yeah, it's it's when we say something inside him is moving, literally picture an anatomy book of intestines, but the intestines swirl around inside the torso. Yeah. That is what it looks like, and it's disgusting and vile. And the whole way that thing is executed is it all looks like like dudes reenacting Lord of the Flies. Like just they're crazy. It looks like almost like eyes. a frat, like a frat video, like yeah. a, a hazing video. Because it's all it's based off of like these camcorders that they keep finding. So they're yeah. like it's all like found footage and it's like weirdly lit. Um, the, I, I love how you said it looks like frat boys because yeah, if with the lighting and everything, right? You, you ever like take a flash photo of someone? Exactly. It looks way like just drunk. the one, the one camera, the one light yeah. on your phone. He's like, oh, dude, look, he's gonna do a beer bong. <laughs> and you look at the dude's eyes, and it's clear that dude is not waking up for two days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they they cut him open. <laughs> and that's the look we get on everybody's faces. Is everybody is gross and disgusting. And then they could have not shown it to us because there's a moment where they tease that they're not going to show. Yeah. It. But then we fully see it. This movie's so good. This movie (laughs) is, like, the reason why I am obsessed with R-rated movies, especially new ones, because we've talked a little bit about about ratings in the past, but I've definitely talked about, like, there's a huge spectrum for R-rated movies now, just because there's just, like, it's basically just, like, what's past PG-13 and what's not NC-17, that whole area. So I just feel like you can go into so many movies now and just, like, not know how fucked up they're going to be. They could be anything. And uh, I was really fortunate. I hadn't even seen the trailer for this movie before I saw it. I, like, yeah. think I saw it on, like, TV, like, when it came out. But I hadn't, like, seen it and, like, rec- recognized it before. Because I guess the trailer does show you some of the fucked up stuff. But I went into this movie and I was like, holy shit, this is fucking graphic. This is rough. <laughs> and they do such a good job of showing it to you at the right moments and yeah. showing you just enough of it. Yeah. Because, like... There, I think, like, when the bear mauls Anya, that's a little bit of a... that Again, the whole end of the bear scene is kind of, like, a little lazy in, like, the yeah. CGI. But, like, even when it shows how, like, it rips her bottom... The bottom half of her mouth off, and it just kind of, like, shows the skull, like, spewing. It's not great, but it shows it to you just long enough and, like, yeah. juxtaposed with everything else. You're like, oh, God, fuck, that's right. We're still <laughs> watching this fucked up movie. The, it... it it perfectly captures like how to do science fiction horror very well and that's by keeping it like as gross and biological and fucked up as possible and the nice thing about when we do the found footage like intestine scene is we then see what happened to the dude after they cut him open they had to like you can't just cut a dude open and take him with you yes left him the there. context i forgot they they cut him they left him there in like a drained pool in like this hut thing that's in the shimmer and we see it's like their base of operation is, at the time yeah what we see is um an entirely practically done sculpture that is just absolutely stunning of how he morphed into the wall and like everything inside him like spewed out and he became part of everything that's getting blended together yeah gorgeous whoever worked on that bravo that is one of the most stunning sculptures i I've ever seen in my would life. love to see the concept art for this movie oh, i bet it same. would i bet it's so cool it, it, i've never seen anything that's so haunting and beautiful at the same time it's the perfect blend of those yeah things. i also like that the visuals are very consistent like with how yeah. they look like even the aggressive things versus like the like that kind of stuff where it's like creepy and then like the flower 
patterns, the even like the little deer that you see that are just like trotting around. I think that the visuals in this movie are just like absolutely spectacular on like a directorial level because it's like it's used so well. It's really high quality in the times that you are seeing it most of the time. And it's super yeah. consistent, which like blending that much CGI into a movie for two hours is a lot of fucking work. And to make it all look pretty consistent and pretty good. Yeah. When it's it, so stylized. It, it, it's a very specific style and you they must have had some sort of like creative director that like that's his thing that's what or her yeah. thing or their thing that's what they do is specifically that style because you have to have someone overseeing that going no this color doesn't match with the tone this doesn't like yeah. it's it's such a detailed specific style throughout everything um and it's especially when we jumping ahead of it well Let's take a minute and talk about the other sort of body horror one, unless I'm forgetting one. Uh, the depressed girl who, like, it's hinted that she's, like, heavy into cutting. She cuts herself yeah. a lot. Um, she's always wearing, like, long sleeves and stuff like that. Uh, she goes through... So, I've talked about this with body horror. There's, like, two things that freak me out. When people fucking love it, and they're, like, all about it, and they think it's great, or people are horrified and don't want it to happen. There is a third option where people are just, like... I mean, whatever. It's just, this is how it is, and this is what I'm going to do. That's the one that doesn't affect me. Um, that's why the fly doesn't really work on me, because the fly is just kind of like, this is my circumstance. I am a gross, disgusting blob fly now. <laughs> Please point a rock yeah. rifle at me. Keep me in a box. I don't care. That that's matter. why I don't like the fly. Or why it doesn't work on me. We actually have one character... Uh, who portrays that? All the characters kind of portray the different reactions to body horror, but uh, which I like the, a lot. Huh? I like a lot. I get like that. Yeah. I think it adds a little bit you, more you of a, a dimension. You get you get a little thing for everybody, and that's probably how it would play out too. Is everybody would be rea reacting a little bit differently, but the self harm chick uh, is very like just okay accepting of it. She's like, I'm just gonna let it do its thing. And she's sitting there in the field kind of coming to terms. And it kind of like plays on a metaphor of her backstory. She's a very depressed individual. Um, she's not, she's been depressed for a long time. She struggled with self-harm. And she's like coming to terms with the fact that she will not get out of it. Like there's no hope for her. And yeah. she might as well just succumb and let it go. So that's what she does with the refraction and the shimmer as well as she knows there's no getting out of this. There's nothing she can do. She's just going to become it. So what we see are, like, vines and, like, flowers sprout out of her cuts. And it's so subtle. Yeah. I missed it the first time I watched it. But the whole time she's talking. Yeah, I did, a double, I did a double take at that. I was like, wait a second. She's all planty. Because it's, like, yeah. a, a little bit midsummery, like, in that yeah. way. It's it's the it's the subtle like morphines and stuff like that and like as she walks she walks into the thing with like very tiny little vines coming out of her cuts, she disappears into the forest. Lena chase after her and she is one of the plant statues yeah. supposedly. We don't see which one. We don't know which one. We just see a a wide shot of like five or six of them and she could be any one of them. Yeah, which is upsetting. It's upsetting, but it's also kind of like beautiful, bittersweet. I don't know. I know you keep saying that, like, the tone, you don't like the tone of this movie, but I think that, like, its weird tone is, like, what kind of, like, keeps me on edge throughout the whole thing. Because, like, I never get lulled into a sense of security in this movie, even though I've seen it a billion fucking times and I love it. Like, there's never a moment where I'm like, it's going to be okay. Like, I never get that warm feeling. I always just feel, like, very slightly, like, unsettled, even when they're showing you stuff that, like, is supposed to be calming and, like, sweet. 
So it kind of makes me wonder if it's just like all supposed to just feel like kind of prickly. Yeah. So like w- when I say the tone, I wasn't too clear. Like the the tone with the science fiction stuff and like the crazy stuff that's happening, that tone works really really well. But then they carried that tone to like the drama elements, like her cheating on her husband and stuff like that. And I I feel like that's where the disconnect happens. The rest of that tone everywhere else in the movie is really, really good. Oh, that makes sense. I guess I just kind of I picture it as like it's happening. They're all it's all like retro retrospective. So I imagine that it's happening while she's in the shimmer. So for that, that, yeah, yeah. So that to me, it makes sense why it it should be because like you're technically still here. Like, yeah. physically, your presence is here, even though your attention is going to a different scene. Um. Yeah. So, after after that kind of body horror moment, um, we then... I think everybody's gone. Jennifer Jason Lee Takes the uh, fuck off. She's in a hurry. If there's anything you yeah. know about her, she's in a fucking hurry. She And she has... She, she is a mood. She is such a mood I in this movie. I love it. I love it. Because I, I just feel like that's also a person that you don't usually get you don't get enough in these kinds of movies you get a lot of people on like very very radical sides of the spectrum and how their reaction is to it and like i said that's why i feel like i'm okay sometimes with being disconnected to these characters because i never really feel like they're people they feel like ideas of people they're like so what if this happened this is the type of well it's like this is the type of person that would react this way in this situation and it's like okay write them in that that Mm -hmm. fits um, I feel like hers is just again so rational in the in, in relation to what her character is and like what she yeah. signifies. She's, but yeah, a mood. There, there, there's a moment where um, uh, the depressed chick. Uh, I can't remember her name. Tessa Thompson is who plays Josie. Her, but, it's Josie. Josie is like uh, she. They, they. It takes them like two thirds of the movie to realize everything's getting refracted, which. If you ask me, is dumb characters because I think feel like we as an audience see the shimmer and go, every everything's all fucked up in there. Like, what are you doing? And it takes them two yeah. thirds to be like, oh, everything's all fucked up in here. All right. Uh, well, I think they know. I think they were trying. Like, they know it's fucked up. I think they were trying to pinpoint like why it is why? fucked up, which yeah. like refracting it. I guess is a. <laughs> I don't know if that'd be my first guess. <laughs> I mean, as soon as we see an alligator with shark teeth, my yeah. first guess would be like, oh, stuff is blended in here. Yeah, This yeah. is not how this is supposed to work. But Josie kind of explains to the rest of the group, like, hey, everything is getting refracted it's a and prism. blended together in here. And it's then a prism, disc- but for more than light. A how, prism, like yeah. It's like the layman's way to explain it. Yeah. Um, she's explaining that, and Discount Michelle Rodriguez is like, what do you mean everything? What do you mean everything? And Jennifer Jason Lee, without even looking up from picking at her fingernails, goes, uh, everything meaning us. She's talking about us. Like, in just such yeah. a you fucking idiot kind of way. Yeah. Like, how dumb are you? Well, it's also, they put uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character in, like, a pretty cool position where she's actually, like, the woman who assigns the tasks. Like, all the previous, yeah. like, squads that have been assigned to go and check out the Shimmer that haven't returned, she's been the person assigning them. So yeah. she's like, event, she's just like, well, if I'm going to keep sending people in here to fucking die, I might as well go see what all the hype is about. Yeah. Um, and that's that's her whole thing is she has cancer. It's terminal. Like, she's fucked. Yeah. She wasn't going to make it out no matter what happened. So she, she th- there's no reason for her to even be nice to people anymore because she's just like, I'm going to die. So what does it matter? And that's her whole motivation. She just bolts to the center of this thing, which is all 
all at this lighthouse. So once the other characters are kind of picked off, as they do in like good sci-fi horror movies, it's just Lena trying to chase over Jennifer Jason's Lee at the center center of this lighthouse. And when we roll up to the lighthouse, it is the most surreal thing um, that I have that I've ever seen. Which will will I've said a lot already. Um, I mean, this movie's visuals are fucking so it's cool. It's nuts. It's yeah. like it's not even it's not even like on a level of like wow, this is so realistic looking. It is like mostly like wow, how did somebody think to like put this into a movie and pull it off and make it work with this context? Like it just seems out, like otherworldly that those two machines would connect. Th- that's exactly it. Like y- I guarantee you've never seen anything that looks like this movie, and it. It, she rolls on the lighthouse and it's it's just like bare sand. It doesn't even look like an actual beach. It literally looks like a different planet with the sand, the 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 glass in the sand then coming up to be like crystal trees everywhere. So cool. There's um, this like bone vines that grow on things. Um, there's the layout of the past team with the bones in front of the lighthouse in a line with their skulls. Um, and then the lighthouse isn't like an extravagant lighthouse. It literally looks like an actual lighthouse. It's all white inside. It's just a cylinder. It's all concrete. And what she finds in there is another camcorder. Uh, and on the camcorder is like... And it's like, pointed at a dead body. <laughs> it's point. That's right. It's pointed a sitting at a, dead body. a crispy, crispy yeah. dead body. Um, and we find out through watching the camcorder that it's uh, Oscar Isaac's character, her husband, Kane. That's him sitting there. But remember, Kane came back. So who is Kane? Yeah, and then there, there was also that sweet... Um, so Kane sits down in front of the camera and pulls a phosphorus grenade. And he's talking yeah. to someone. This is the first time we acknowledge that there's somebody holding the camera. And he talks to the person behind the camera. And after he and pulls the grenade... And he's talking in a southern accent that he hasn't had throughout the whole yes, movie? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. When did he have a southern accent? I was paying, because I, I noticed that they had southern accents for the first time. Oscar Isaac actually is pretty true to his southern accent. If you listen to the rest of them, like that scene when they're in bed, that's the that's how I noticed Natalie Portman slipped out of hers. Because I was like, oh, he's still doing it. Yeah. No, he has a southern accent. Yeah, it's, it's I he don't know how. He has a southern accent throughout the whole movie? Yeah, yeah, through the whole movie. I, I didn't realize it either. No, go back. I realized it when I was watching it this last time. I watched this movie through twice today. No, he's ha- he has it. I sw- roll the tape. Roll the tape. It, might, him get, in it bed. might get stronger throughout, but I know the scene like like a quarter of the way through the movie when they're like in bed and he's talking about like looking at the moon. He's got like a really thick southern accent. So that almost ruins this whole tape for me because I found it incredibly spooky that he is just talking in a southern accent for no reason. I'm like that oh. is upsetting. <laughs> that's the worst part i don't care if you're a clone but get rid of the drawl ew <laughs> well, you sound the, racist the, the speech that he goes on first of all i love the whole speech in the tape it's very it's a very unsettling and like poetic Unhinged. speech yeah yeah it, it very much feels like the ramblings of someone with dementia like it's it's, it's definitely an opinion because i think that the fucking dialogue in this movie is kind of whack but yeah. I think that it's whack and I kind of like it because I think that it like it works. I think that it's just like this is what it is. I feel like sci-fi you're either like you're either nailing it and you're getting cool sci-fi or you're missing the mark and then it's just cringy. Yeah. Um, and this like this dialogue is almost cringy, but it's it's again, it's so consistent where it's like, no, this is just kind of like it's almost like killing of a sacred deer. It's like this is just kind of how the dialogue in this movie is. It's just a yeah. little bit weird and like overly Which- formal. 
but with with the Oscar Isaac speech that he does, it's so it feels so planned. Yeah. All of that dialogue doesn't feel like even slightly cringy or like what you talked about, where it's just it's it's walking the line. Yeah. This feels like a completely planned, upsetting speech where it is very clear just a person unaware of what is happening in their yeah. brain anymore. The line specifically, my mind has been cut loose cuts me to my core like it's such an upsetting line yeah uh and it, it just every word is perfect to just the concept of a mind being cut loose and running away is insane to me but you then get that through oscar isaac's performance the way he fidgets the way he sits on the floor um what i thought was a planned out of place southern accent that you're now telling me is wrong <laughs> like I. it's okay i was shook too when i realized it that's why that whole moment was so upsetting to me because I'm like, not only is his brain scrambled eggs at this point, his whole body is messed up. He can't even speak like he normally does. Who the hell is this person behind the camera that is also Kane? But yeah, that's what we see. And at the end of his speech of him just realizing like his mind is just shot, like he's gone. Uh, he lights himself on fire with a phosphorus grenade and tells the person behind the camera, make sure you find Lena. And the person that responds is in Kane's voice saying that he will. So that's when we realize that the whoever showed back up at Lena's house. Yeah. It could or could not be Kane. I have a slight theory that uh, the dude that we see burned, burning himself still might not be Kane. We actually do have Kane at himself. It might just be one of the other guys who got refracted so much he just started to look like Kane. That's what I was wondering. I was also wondering, because um, Lena's talking about, she shows in the micros- microscope and many of the the themes and like symbolisms shows about like uh, cell splitting. Yeah. So I think, I want to say it's like when the, alien like touches things it can like it splits it and can create a duplicate so i think it just made two of kane and one of them is like a shimmer clone and the other one's like the actual one yeah which is it that's one of the things that we don't see in sci-fi now a days is uh we don't see things like allow you to build your own theories and piece things together and this movie really does it lets you everybody has a different theory on who kane is i, I don't yeah. think i've ever talked to two people who are like yeah that's it like yeah. kane could be it, that, that could be all of kane put together just blended up it could be all of the survivors put together in one body and it just happens and it's kane. one of those things that it doesn't matter <laughs> Like, no matter who it is, it doesn't. Because, like, the message you get away from the movie is the same. And that's... And this is where, like... I've been complaining a lot. Like, movies keep dropping the third act. And it feels like they're doing it because they're afraid to take, like, a definitive stance on the ending. This is one of those movies... This is how you make it open-ended and still make it definitive. Where it's, like... But, like, like, thinking, thinking about the ending is the purpose of the ending. And it does that without, like, making it some shitty cliffhanger. Or, like, some... It was all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not something stupid. I mean, it is kind of stupid being like, oh, is it Kane? But it's like, it doesn't, again, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. It, it it's, it's a really good tone for the sci-fi. But uh, after we watch the tape, uh, we see a hole. Uh, a butthole. In, it is, it is a sci-fi butthole. It, it's, it, yeah, it's a sci-fi butthole, but it's like getting ready to poop something out. Like yeah, it's spread. It's puckered. Yeah. It's, 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 um, it's clenched. and there's a, 
there's a tiny hole and like Lena watches their husband on this tape and is like, in my personal opinion, and I don't know if this is a directorial choice or what happened, is just a little too okay with it. Like she's clearly bothered yeah, yeah. and like shocked, but like she's just like mm, Also, whatever. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck what I'm doing, where I'm at. There's a giant dark gaping butthole in the floor. I, guess who's not fucking going in it? <laughs> Me. I will be the first person to not go in that butthole. <laughs> but Lena does, but I guess where the movie works and it kind of has a fallback is like pe- people she's crazy. are now Yeah, she's crazy. Yeah. Which I honestly wish we could have seen a little bit more. I feel like Lena keeps yeah. her rationality a little too much. We're like and like Jennifer Jason Lee does it perfectly where she's like her character is just like subtly getting crazier. And then when yeah. you see her at the end, you're like, "Okay, there it is. There's the full-blown nutso. There's the Aronofsky yep. third act." Thank fuck. The last Crinkle just smoothed out in her brain, and she is now just a, a lizard person at this point, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and Natalie she, Portman's just a little too chill. She's a little too chill, and it could be that, you know, not everything refracts at the same level. No, like I'm even, sorry. We're going to make a case that people, their physical bodies get refracted, and I haven't seen enough body horror. I'm better yeah. to see someone go crazy. Yeah, that's, One or the that's, other. That's where we get hungry for the things we like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like if you're if you're hinting this at me, you better give me the buffet at the end. Yeah, if there's no Which, buffet. Don't get I'm me not wrong. Paying. You like you said, they do slam dunk it. It's a good payoff. The ending's still yeah. good, but it could have been better. It could have been it outstanding. <laughs> it it could have been it could have been crazier. Um, but we we get Lena crawling into the the slightly prolapsed butthole. She crawls down the hole, and what I want to touch on really quick is we go from a very white light setting of her seeing her husband being burned with a phosphorus grenade which is a pure white light that engulfs somebody and it shifts immediately into black just that whole contrast of the choice of making that set white and the final set complete darkness and chaos well let's make everything everything up until that point is relatively bright yeah and um, the the one thing I want to touch on, and this is where my art school knowledge comes together, is um, uh, the sort of definition, the, the color theory of black is the absence of light, but is also the mixture of all the colors together become black. So we see rainbows throughout the whole movie, and it's only as we get closer and closer to the center where all the colors collide into one do we then get black as a whole. And we get it as, like, an oil rainbow, too. That little, like, sheen over it. Because it's still the rainbow. Like, the shimmer is still there. Yep. It's a lot like the color and color out of space. Like, the color is still in everything that it's touching. Yes. Uh, And we we crawl into this black hole from a completely white blank canvas. uh, And we find Jennifer Jason Lee down there with a weird face. Yeah. I still don't know what that face is. It looks like it's not done rendering. Yeah. Every the for every single time I look at it, I'm always tempted, and I never pause the movie because it's the fucking best part of the movie. I yeah. never pause it, but I'm always so tempted to be like, I need to just zoom in and see what the fuck is going on around here. Every every time, so I pause it every time because I'm just like, what is it? Like it looks almost like a beetle. It also looks like you said an unrendered face. It also looks like it's morphing and like shifting a bit. And she's, like, still talking. You can see, like, her jawbone move. But it's lit and, like, in such a way where it's, like, am I seeing just the shadows naturally causing yeah. her face? Or is her face that fucked up now? And, she, yeah, she has, like, her hair and everything. And she's saying some insane shit. Like, yeah. just the craziest. Crazy she's like, ev- shit. What is it? Like, um, everything descends into havoc? Yeah. Which is 
not chaos. Normally, the ending to that sentence is yeah. everything descends into chaos, but she's like, no, havoc. And I'm just like, Ugh. And it wa- it's, she's like, it's, it wants total annihilation, which is like such an awesome line, but yeah. super contrasting to everything else you hear at the end of the movie because she says yes. it so definitively. And then you're like, yeah. oh, this is why it's called annihilation. Yeah. She's like, and that, I mean, that line, that bit is so sick because you're like, is, how is this going to get weirder? I, that, especially when I was watching this movie for the first time, I was like, Okay, I was. That's when you can feel like the tempo. The ending's getting closer. It's getting creepier. Shit's getting nuts. You can like feel the explosion about to happen, and yeah. you're like, "When is it gonna fucking happen?" And that's the last fucking line. Is it's like it wants annihilation, and then everything just goes fucking nuts for like twenty yes. minutes straight. And yeah, we don't have any talking None. after that. It's all. It's all that synth. It's all the music with like the light. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's, we have like a brief like epilogue book ending with her and Kane at the end but yeah. like does that dialogue count? I don't think so. Um but yeah, then then we see like this giant I you and I have had this discussion before. I don't think it's like a quote unquote entity. I don't think it's an alien. I don't think it's anything. I think it's a literal cosmic space anomaly. Yeah, that just like it's a prism. It just refracts. Yeah. I think yeah, it ha- whatever it is is just coming from whatever hit cuz yeah. like a meteor or something hits the lighthouse and that's what creates it. So I think it's like, yeah, like matter of some kind. Yeah, it has no consciousness. It has no society. Like there's, it's there's just no... reacting. Yeah, and I think it's that's. Like a pe- sorry, you go. It's... I keep interrupting. Oh, sorry. You. It's it's like a piece of radioactive plastic. Like that's essentially what yeah. hit us. And um, it's, that's what I'm saying. That uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's comment about it wanting annihilation also kind of because it's like like I said, it's such a powerful definitive line. It's like a you know a titular line. Yeah. And then but then you go you see the actual interaction between Natalie Portman and the anomaly and then you see and then when she um explains it at the end this was like the first time I really hung on this line when she was like they were like but it attacked you and she's like no it was just reacting to me. Yeah. And that's what makes what what helps you kind of makes you think it's just like an object cuz it's like it's not doing anything. It's like it's it's just science. Like it's just yeah. having a reaction to whatever the fuck is around it. And it's, it's- it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's just it's happening it's just there and like what what we get at the end is essentially like a doppelganger like music video type of thing is kind of what we end but in a cool way not in as lame of a way as i'm pitching it but we see after jennifer jason lee is the thing and then becomes like this crazy multi-dimensional blob of color and floating smoke and like geometric patterns and shapes uh, Natalie Portman is staring mesmerized at like the epicenter of this thing and a drop of blood like goes out into the thing and that's when we see uh, the shot at the beginning of cells dividing and multiplying and like cloning essentially uh, and then what comes in their place is like a person it's it's the it's the the hox gene they say what the hox gene of whatever this thing is made of some sort of weird rock oil spill that is impervious to bullets in the coolest way possible so sick it gets shot with bullets and it takes the bullets and deflects them and like forms like wings like weird string wings marvel needs to take note that needs to be an x-men character if you could put some shit like that in x-men that'd be so sick it is so good um and the I know you said you didn't like the CGI too much on like the walkie thing. I like it a little bit because I think I think it's a blend of CGI and practical. The walkie, oh, like the the actual physical. Yeah, 
I, don't I just feel like you look at it for too long. Yeah. Where it's like, I, I'm not sure how much it's supposed to suspend your disbelief. Because the rest of it, like, when stuff looks Play-Doh-y in that scene, like, it looks yeah. like it's supposed to. And then yeah. that, especially with the bullet, like, it feels so surreal. And then you see it in the light. And then it just, you become too accustomed to it, I think. Yeah, it's one of those it, things that's an anomaly. I think I should have seen less of it. Like, I, I became too comfortable with this fucking weird because it's honestly creepy if i saw something like that i'd scream and run the other direction oh absolutely and it would follow in your and yeah that's the, that exactly it's fucking terrifying <laughs> i don't want to see it that long that's the type of shit that you like see in sleep paralysis that like opens your closet door and starts like walking towards your bed and you piss yourself it's never happened to me ever <laughs> but uh we then have this creature that essentially just mimics everything uh lena does is uh she kind of like crawls back out of the hole she tries to like attack the thing and it doesn't it doesn't attack her back into the last second out of like defense like just like nope is it defense or reaction though that's the that's the first time well that's the first time she swings on it and we've learned that it's mimicking what she's doing so there was yeah. part of me that was like is it just hitting her because it because she hit it yeah it, it I call it defense because it's not at the same time and the motion it does is not the motion Lena did yeah well but that's the thing it does some weird it has some weird inconsistencies with some of her movements yeah which is um, cool but it's it it's cool, but also, yeah, it's like, why is it then mimicking her? I would honestly like an entire scene of it doing perfect copy movements. Yeah, yeah. And her just having to figure that out. Because, yeah, there's a moment where they're, like, kind of fighting upstairs in, like, the white part of the lighthouse. And it just, like, fucking lays on her. Which <laughs> is, like, heavy as fuck. I'm sorry. And the wide angle, too, it kind of looks like it's fucking her. <laughs> and then she's, like, in pain. I'm like, Jesus, somebody could read this as, like, a really, really dark scene. <laughs> Yeah. Where, like, just, like, rapes her and becomes her. <laughs> Which is, I think when I first watched this, I thought that's, not, like, rape her, but I thought it was going to, like, absorb Fuse. her into yeah. it. Yeah. And they were going to become one. And then we were going to have, like, the mom and the kid in the color out of space. Like, that's what was going to happen. You just want but that fucking imagery all the time, forever. I don't, I don't want that ever again. <laughs> I don't want that ever again in my life. Um, but... Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't morph with her, which means it's not, like, absorbing. It literally has to, like, blend stuff up before it can do things like that, which is then inconsistent when it absorbs the drop of blood. This thing, the inconsistencies make it more interesting, I think, though. Yeah. Whenever something isn't what I thought it is, it makes this movie more rewatchable and make me, makes me want to figure it out more. Yeah. Um, but she has, like, a tussle. I'll just, I'll call it a tussle. I'm not too sure what it is. And the way she kind of, like, wins is she hands a second phosphorus grenade that is just there there we, yeah in the bag well i wonder we, i wonder if that's one of those things where like it duplicated so you think it eh, it could have been that's, that's the explanation theory. i can use that makes it make sense to me yeah because we didn't get like an exposition scene of her seeing the phosphorus grenade. which we don't she, need so yeah i just i can just explain it in my own head because i feel like it, like you're next to an anomaly like, I don't yeah. feel like I need to explain continuity to myself when I'm next yeah. to an anomaly. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we are watching a space anomaly, and I'm over here like, well, there was no exposition scene for the phosphorus grenade, so therefore it doesn't work. Yeah, it's also on top of the fucking anomaly. If it were anywhere else, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of weird if it's, like, in the cabin. But it's like, no, 
this is on top of it shit is fucking weird and clearly it can duplicate fucking anything yeah so it's like it's like the inconsistencies make it more upsetting um there's this very horrible documentary called room 203 about the uh the shining uh it's a bunch of people talking about the shining but the one thing that they did mention that i do think is good is stanley kubrick uh was really bad at making his sets make sense uh so they follow like non-euclidean geometry where like when the kid is running around the hallway the rooms that you see don't make sense with the layout of the house or the hotel which makes the whole place more upsetting because in the back of your mind, your brain knows that that room is not supposed to be there. This hallway should not be that long, but you can't quite pinpoint it. Yeah. It's the same thing with the inconsistencies is here. It's like, you know, this stuff doesn't make sense, but you can't figure out why. So you're just uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's, and that's I like that. What we yeah. Have. And I like that with sci-fi too, because it's yeah. like, it's, they're, they're trying to explain it to you. That's, it's like, it is being explained to you, but it's not, and it's, it's not comprehensible. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's absolutely nuts. Um, I also can't talk about this movie without bringing up its Russian counterpart, because uh, Stalker, um, Stalker is like the original Annihilation, um, and that's a uh, 1979. You'll remember that's the one that starts off Hella Sepia. Oh yeah, you showed me clips of this. I haven't watched this yet. It's it's a huge like I don't even know I mean it is technically a sci-fi, um, but it's like way more of like a philosophical, and it's way more like discussion based. Obviously, it's you know 1979, so they're not doing crazy CGI body horror. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very much, and I really really like this idea of like going to an unfamiliar land that can like mutate everything around it. I just uh, I will always see anything that has that as a premise because I find it very interesting. Yeah. Um, and Stalker's way more of, like, it's basically, like, after Annihilation. Like, if Annihilation, like, if they hadn't destroyed the Shimmer yeah, at the end of Annihilation, where they're, like, it exists, and everybody knows that it exists, and they just, like, monitor it. And, like, certain people go in and out of it, like, on purpose. Oh. Oh, this is on HBO Max. Oh. I should have watched this. Oh, hell I yeah. I should have watched in preparation for this. Definitely, because I mean, they're very, and I feel like that's partly why Annihilation tries to do a couple different storylines. Because if you if you type in Annihilation and Stalker, there's like everybody's like, did fucking Annihilation rip off Stalker? But because uh, Annihilation's like a book from yeah. forever ago, and I think they're just they just happen to be super similar. I don't know if they're exactly like if one was made in homage to the other. I'm sure I think Stalker came first, but I'm not sure. I do, I do remember reading up on the book because I was like, if this is what the book is like, I'm definitely going to read the book. And from what I've read, the author has been like, this is not what I wrote at all. I'm not mad about it, but like, this is not what Annihilation. my book Annihilation? Yeah. This yeah. is not what my book contains. Um, I heard it's way more like actual science. Yeah. And shit. Yeah. Um, um, where this is more of a feeling. Yeah. And I think that might... I wonder if that's partly why they keep that tone. Because the tone is very similar to Stalker. Which um, is a really... It's, it does a really cool thing where um, it does like a physical... Like the physical image of the film changes once you enter their version of the Shimmer, which is the zone. Um, and that's when like the whole first half of the movie is all in like this really grimy like orange sepia. Okay. And it's like it's all like working class and stuff. And then there's like a fucking three minute long shot of them just riding the train. It's a three hour long movie, by the way. Um, of them just like riding the train and then like it slowly just starts turning into color, like full full spectrum color as they enter the zone. 
Um, and it's a lot more of like subtle filmmaking stuff like that that makes that movie because okay. like they don't have the same tools and stuff but it becomes way more philosophical because like the point of stalker is like they're not trying to figure out they already know what's at the center of it and it's mm -hmm. the room which apparently will like grant anyone their wish ever um so it's and like the person called the stalker is somebody who like knows their way they're like the only people who can like basically get in and out of the zone like unassisted because it's like so trippy and it shifts and the time is different so he like he's kind of like the jennifer jason lee in the movie but like somebody who's actually experienced and knows where they're doing and like what they're going going through so he like explains it more to them like they're like almost like on a tour so it's like this huh. very unsettling like moment and it's like two like a like a rich guy and then like a shifty kind of guy i think and they're just like kind of like talking like talking about like why they want to go to the room like what they what really do they need out of life that they need to like fix with the the shit and like the whole third act is just kind of bros being bros at the end of a sci-fi talking about like what life is and shit i will definitely check that out yeah i'm shocked i haven't seen that that seems like something that would have fallen onto my radar at some point um it's very good yeah uh it's andre tarkovsky which you really like you talk about him a lot i mean i i've just he's he's a name that you like can't study like hardcore weird shit and like not yeah. hear his name come up in like history he just like makes yeah. some really really crazy good influential movies there's not a whole lot of russian filmmakers no um so yeah i that's i feel like i've talked a lot throughout this one i kind of like oh i feel like we both did because i was feeling like i was like damn i feel like i'm just like interrupting every other second be like annihilation's so cool it is cool i the should we get into because you and i both i watched it coincidentally but you purposefully watched Ex Machina to kind of oh yeah get a gauge of Alex Garland's style uh, style. Uh, you were going to see Men. Yeah, but I'm sorry, guys, you... I failed. Yeah, but you've heard that Men is not good. It's right? not good, but I'm still gonna go see it, and I meant to see it this weekend. But like, it's been it's been hard because I'm trying to like get people if anybody wants to see it. Every time I go to mention it to somebody, they're like, "Yeah, doesn't that movie suck?" I'm like, can well, you, maybe, but I'm still gonna go see it, so I'm gonna try to see it maybe this week. Can weekend. you, like, pay for a ticket and then just, like, Skype call me on your phone and just put me in the seat next to you? Probably. I mean, I don't even have to pay for the ticket. I've, I've looked at the seats. Nobody's going to this fucking movie. Tape, tape your phone to, like, a blow-up doll and just set me next to you. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to offer me popcorn and be like, hey, you want some popcorn? I'd be like, they try to kick me out. I'm like, I, I paid for this. I paid for both of these seats. These are mine. I am an A-list member. All right? They were free seats, but I did reserve them online. Um, yeah, so I was definitely, he clearly, uh, you know, enjoys women, his females, and, like, writing yeah. stories. I guess that's one thing we should, as women, speak about this movie. When people say, why don't you have an all-female cast, blah, yeah. blah, like, where's a good all-female cast, like, And a diverse cast? Yeah, this movie kind of checks all those, passes the Beckdale test. There's, like, almost <laughs> no guys. This movie, this movie kills it. It does. I'm just so perplexed why people hate it so much because I just think that it's like, I think that in comparison to all the other garbage that's out there, this movie is too good to be as polarizing as it is. That's like, like personal opinion. And that's why yeah. I feel like I have to check my fucking, my taste. I don't, so it has a 6.8 out of 10. I do think that rating is wrong on IMDb. It's Especially it's in the 7s. Ex Machina is a 7.7. Yeah, X, so I saw Ex Machina because no one would shut up about Ex Machina. And I watched it, and I was like, 
really? Like this? You know Have how we... I feel about Alicia Vikander too. Like, oh yeah, I was full, and she delivered in that movie. Don't get me wrong. She yeah, deli- there's no denying she's, she's great. Spectacular. In that movie. Oscar Isaac is spectacular, but he always is. Yeah. I don't know if that's particularly like a different role for him. Like, and I don't even Doomhole, Doom Gleason or Domhall Gleason, however you say his Celtic name, is. He is like a very cookie cutter character. He's oh, yeah. like just he's very like we've seen him everywhere, but he does a stand up job. Like everybody is really, really good in that movie. My problem is is I am so sick of AI stuff. We have done AI to death. Like there is not an AI plot that does not exist at this yeah. point. And and that's just what I saw. I was like, I've seen this. This is like season three of Star Trek. Like well, I'm also, done. I also First, for some reason, I didn't realize that Ex Machina was older than Annihilation. I thought it was reversed. I thought Annihilation came first because I was watching. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that, but I was watching it and I was like, like I was like, this feels like backpedaling. Like creatively, this feels like a lot of back. It's not bad. It just feels like if if you were if yeah if your first movie was Annihilation, and your second movie is Ex Machina. There's a disconnect there, where yeah. like the way they actually go makes way more sense. But I was I was watching it and I was just like really like and maybe it was people's like initial approach to it maybe that's why people enjoyed it more and it was a good movie but like i said annihilation is just there's there's nothing else like it and that's me saying that i just talked to you about a movie that's literally this movie stalker is literally this movie and there's still really nothing else like it no it that's the thing the one thing i will give ex machina is i think it has it doesn't suffer from the problem that uh what i think uh, is Annihilation's problem, which is its tone. Well, it's a bottle ex- film. It's a, it's of, a bottle of course, film. of course, the tone's consistent. They don't go well, anywhere. We've seen bottle films. Yeah, I mean, I'm bottle just films saying, are trickier than people give them credit for. That's true. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah, in, in comparison, that's why it's hard for me now to like in comparison to something like Annihilation. It's like, well, obviously, yeah, you can nail tone. In, yeah. In Ex Machina. And it, yeah. So it's like. We've seen that he's able to balance tone, but maybe because he just was stilted by it being a bottle film, he really had nowhere else to go that it was able to do yeah. that. Um, there, it's also, it's more simple. We get like a, a, a deeper look into the sci-fi elements that we're doing, but I'm tired of that sci-fi element. I'm tired of that sci-fi plot. So that's why Ex Machina doesn't work well, for me. Especially with this... how long it is. And like, I yeah, feel like, it, sorry. It's long. No, 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 you're fine. You're long in it. You know where it's going. Like it was like it was kind of like Nightmare Alley, where it's yeah. like I know where the big twist in this movie is, but like Nightmare Alley is like a piece of art. I'm watching because yeah. I enjoyed watching, even though I know where it's gonna go. The artistry there is just like so good and interesting. Like I'm gonna sit through it and have a good time. This movie, I was like, okay, and then we're gonna just keep doing these sequences. Okay, why is this ending 30 minutes? Yes, it's it's too it's too much i i'm glad you don't like ex machina because if i try to tell anybody that i don't like ex machina they want to slice me at the neck i wouldn't say that i dislike it i just i think Annihilation's better like yeah annihilation is better Easily. too I, um, like for me it's one of those like that's where i'm questioning my taste because it's not a contest for me yeah i'm gonna rewatch ex machina but i know for a fact it's I'm, I'm sorry even even going back because it's been a second since i watched annihilation even just seeing that first title sequence and you know how i how i feel with my title sequences i'm like if i get the chills when i see the title like that's how you know that's this yeah. is a movie that i really fuck with and yeah like i saw ex machina once and i only just rewatched it just to know if i was still wrong if i if i and i don't i don't think i'm wrong but just to know if my opinion 
had changed as to whether yeah. or not I was just like, this is tired. This is a tiring movie that isn't as interesting as everybody thinks it is. Uh, where Annihilation is incredibly interesting, incredibly cerebral. As Lepsa, it, it has depths, layers. You can there's cool, always good something visuals. To talk about. Yeah, there's there's visuals. just so much in this movie. I will say I love the set for Ex Machina, just on like a superficial level. Oh yeah, I, I mean no, the I movie, love the way that set looks. The movie's great, and it, it definitely shows the like. I think again, um, if there was one thing that I took away from Ex Machina that I had to like give like a round of applause for, like he knows how to use his visuals. Like, they're just so thoughtfully placed and, like, perfectly adjusted every single time. Like, it's just just very thoughtful. And that's not something you usually get when people are using CGI. No. Like, almost never. And the the CGI and the effects in Ex Machina are incredible. There's a reason it was up for an Oscar. I think it it won. It won? I'm pretty sure. Let me verify... I swear um, I saw it when I was reading about it. I saw it, would be, it was like the lowest grossing <laughs> Oscar win for best visual effects. Ex Machina. Best visual effects Oscar. Sci-Fi Subtle. Ex Machina was, was nominated. Nominee? Was it the lowest grossing nominee? Uh, it was nominated for two awards, including best original screenplay, which it lost the spotlight. Why can't Google just tell me the answer? Oh, yeah. 2016 Visual Effects Award goes to Ex Machina. So, yeah. And it, it does look incredible. It's astounding what they were able to pull off with that. Yeah. But, yeah. X, this this is the thing that I'm worried about is I think... Like, even though you and I think Annihilation is better, I'm still going to put Alex Garland in what I think is the Shyamalan Paradox, where we have a slam dunk first movie. Just incredible. Uh, I personally think that, you know, some of Shyamalan's other movies are a little bit better than The Sixth Sense, but this is where you and I differ. The majority of people... I don't even think I've seen sense. any of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, like, the new ones in The Sixth Sense, and I'm just like, I can't stomach any more of these. <laughs> but, like, like I get why everybody likes The Sixth Sense, and I get why everybody likes Ex Machina, but then what we have now is, like, like the tail end of a comet, just petering off into space and like there's nothing left and with everybody saying that men is garbage like i'm worried that's what we have is we just have another Shyamalan paradox i mean i wouldn't say fucking alex garland's quite on Shyamalan's level Shyamalan's in that like snyder level where there's just like a clear like in my opinion incompetence as a filmmaker where they, they're just, like, missing a key part of, like, what it takes to be a good director, and that's why their movies fall super short, where I feel like... Yeah. Like, I feel like it's the same with, like, the opinions on Annihilation. Like, I just feel like Alex Garland has a has a refined style as a director and, yeah. like, has a very specific way of doing it, and whether or not that hits or misses with audiences and other, like, speculative people... I think that's kind of the beauty of being able to make a movie because it's like it doesn't matter what you think. It's like Gaspar, like love is love. A lot of the stuff that he does don't always like the way that he utilizes his creativity. Like I don't like the creative decisions he does. And I think Alex Garland, I'm starting to feel maybe not. I like his decisions. Maybe I don't like his integrity. Like maybe I don't like his intent behind what he's like, why he's making the stuff he's doing. I don't okay. know yet. I'm still sussing it out. But that's where I'm personally finding that, like, maybe that's where my creative disconnect with him is. 
Yeah. So I'm, and that's why I feel like a lot of people are thinking about men, where he's yeah. like making a clear statement, and I'm like, are you making this statement because it's a statement that needs to be made, or are you making this statement for like, kind of selfish reasons? Yeah. Which what what is like the the theme of men? Do you know? I keep I keep hearing it's just like every like about how bad men are and like it kind of makes it seem like alex garland's like hey but i'm one of the good ones oh. or it's like if or it's like i haven't seen it so that's why i'm still putting it up in the air but that's where i'm suspecting would be my issue with that and potentially with him okay because it's like if that's the kind of stuff you're going to be making and that's the way you're going to be pitching that idea like i just was just saying like annihilation is on that list of like you want diverse strong female fucking movies you have one you have one of the best With, ones without hammering this yeah without it having opinion. to be a conversation or be anything about it and like then, like, and then but then he goes and makes a movie like men and i'm like well fuck is it trying is that why he did it <sighs> that's upsetting yeah that is very upsetting but who knows I mean, it could be like annihilation you and i could yeah, watch it and I be could, like this is great that's why every, everybody, but, it's super funny because I keep being like, oh yeah, everybody says it's terrible. And people are like, well, you should still go see it. I'm like, well, I'm going to. You guys think that <laughs> I care what other people think about movies? <laughs> I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> if I've decided I'm going to go see a movie, I'm probably going to go see that movie. Yep. And we're going to voice our uh, tiny opinions here <laughs> that no one agrees with. Yeah, fuck. I think, I think our first episode, I went on record saying that War of the Worlds is the best Spielberg film ever and Schindler's List can suck a dick. I'm pretty sure that's what I said. I'm pretty that sure was we my... had to cut that out of the episode and I'm going to have to cut that out of this episode too. <laughs> that was my opening <laughs> statement when we started this podcast. Coveted we are, hot. We are full of unpopular opinions. So I just, unpop- I just huh? feel like this one is one of the first ones that I like and really like, wow, damn. I'm just, I don't get it. I, I straight I don't, up don't get it. So I, mean, I, I get do, it. I just disagree. Yeah. I feel like people can't put aside, like, even though I listed the problems that I think everybody has with this movie, I can put them aside. I can sit there and go, okay, these are things that suck, but let's look at all the things that are great and focus on that. If you generally, because there are problems with every movie. That's, I know that's, I, I guess that's where I'm like perplexed where it's like, you're going to nitpick this movie. Yeah. I was like, out of all the fucking movies that, like, kind of fall into categories like this that have horribly blatant issues, I was like, this is the one. And it's like, this yeah. is one of those movies. I can, I'm one of the first people to bitch about shit in movies. I, I Yeah, it, it, most of this gets swept under the rug just because the rest of it is just like, it's honestly like when those houses get sucked into the ocean. It's like, yeah, there's a little hiccup here, but, like, we just keep flowing. We're all just going down the street. We're still going to get to the end. <laughs> it's water under I feel the like bridge. That metaphor ran away from you. Yeah, it did. Just like the just like the house did. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but what a ride! <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's exactly what I'm saying. What a ride! It is, and this this is a what a ride movie. Um, it's kind of like how I feel with Prometheus. Like I love Prometheus. I think Prometheus is great, but everybody loves nitpicking the fact that people can't run, that you shouldn't run straight if something's falling on you. And I'm like, dude, shut up. We have some incredible moments in people, Prometheus. People pick the weirdest things to get hung up on. I feel like and that's also to me where like I disconnect. And I also try not to be that person. Like when I bitch about movies, I try not to be that person who's nitpicking just because I want to. I yeah. try to be like, is this a creative hindrance to like my watching ability? If it's not, yeah. then who gives a shit? 
Like, yeah. like when we were talking about like the found footage stuff, it's like, does it really matter? No. If it doesn't matter, then it's not worth bringing up in a conversation. Exactly. And that's that's the deal with this. Is this this is too good, even with my problems? Like, it's it's so great. It has something like you've never seen before. And, and they managed that- to put in an albino alligator. Like, come on. Is that thing albino? It's white. I'm pretty. I mean, that's what, what albino alligators look like. Oh, they're just white. They exist. Well, there's albino everything. Anything yeah. that exists has they an definitely albino exist. counterpart. Yeah, they're terrifying. <laughs> it's this. This movie deserves a second chance, and people need to put away their fucking bullshit with like the problems that are listed. And it's just like, just look at it for what it is. It's an incredible feat that has been accomplished, and it's like Sasha said, it is the director's vision. And I feel like, despite me wanting movies to be perfect and completely palatable for everybody i am not gonna happen it's not gonna happen at the end of the day it's the director's vision it's the teen's vision it's honestly it's meant they're casting a net and whatever fish they catch that's there it may not be for you and that's fine even if it snags your ankle a little bit and you like you know kind of side eye it, you're like oh maybe i'll go see it yeah (laughs) go see it see if you want to get caught in the net but if you don't get caught in the net don't sit there and be a fucking bitch about it. Like, just stop. Yeah. Like, if someone's going on on a movie that's, like, incredible and amazing, let them have that. And don't sit there and be like, you're stupid. For your Unless opinion. they're talking about No Way Home, because that movie is objectively mediocre. No Way Home? <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're talking about anything from Phase 4 of Marvel, that shit is objectively mediocre, and you are allowed to shit on them. Yes. <laughs> Relentlessly. Yes. Fuck no way home. That was the worst $12 I ever spent. I was so mad about that. <laughs> I saw it for free and I was still unhappy. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, this is the one. Can I watch the one with Jake Gyllenhaal again? That one's at least entertaining. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, Should we go into our rating? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like our ratings are pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we, we've... This is the only thing we've kept consistent about the podcast is our fucking bullshit endings. We oh, can't yeah, stop now. Oh, no, we absolutely cannot. So, Paige, what is your rating for Annihilation? Uh, my rating is probably 89 intestinal worms out of uh, 98 intestinal worms. Shit, shit. I would probably it, say say pretty close to that. I'd probably do like a 90 out of 100 yeah. of like mutated bears. Phosphorus grenades. Phosphorus grenades. What a metal rating. This gets 90 out of 100 phosphorus Phosphorus grenades. grenades. (laughs) 90 out of 100 alien busted down Beyonce moves. Oh, I forgot to mention that. We have to. Okay. funny. There there is one moment that I absolutely despise in this movie, and it's (laughs) the only reason it gets 10 more. There's a moment where the alien the whole time is sitting there mimicking Lena's movements, and then it's like it saw a Beyonce music video and does, like, the single lady's drop-down into into Lena's, like, unconscious body. And it's like, what is Spread happening? Spread knees and everything, yeah. It's it's so erotic. I don't know and why it And it lasts just a hair too long. It's so upsetting. It could have just turned and looked. I feel like it would have been way more upsetting if it did just, like, a stilted turn and looked down. yeah. But instead, it does it like, oh, the single ladies, and it like drops down. Like, so wait, are you a reptile? <laughs> and it doesn't be like it doesn't display any of that like mannerisms any other time. It's just it's then. Cool. It's just like weirdly sexual and like slippery. It's so upsetting. But thank you, everybody. 
uh, go see Annihilation if you haven't. This is like on yes. my list of movies I never saw in theaters but need to before I die. Yes. So. Bye. Peace. All right. Oh, shit, I wasn't recording that whole time.